Hey guys, it's Shirley Gerard with Rise Up Give Back. Just wanted to uh, check in with you guys, see how everybody was doing after last week. I know I hit you guys twice last Tuesday, um, but I think that the second one was very important because it validated a lot of the things that we talked about um, when I found Mr. Hollis's posts on Instagram um, where you know he was talking about um, being asked a question by the New York Times and feeling like it was not appropriate. So if you missed last week, go back and listen to both of those episodes. Um, they are on Podbean, you guys, right where you guys are listening to this one. Just look on our page and you'll see the other two um, podcasts. My original plan for today, excuse me, I'm still drinking my coffee, was to give you guys a good idea of um, what the company is doing, where we are in our process, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I even was going to talk to you guys about our Instagram page and how I've been completely shut out of it and it's been deactivated by Instagram because of, um, no, I have no idea why, uh, but... Um, yesterday I had someone, um, come up to me and ask me a question that I have been asked on social media via email, via text message, via instant message, um, probably 35 or 40 times. So I thought if there's this many people in my sphere of influence that are asking me this question, there may be more of you guys out there. And I think it's important um, to talk about, and if this is a topic that you guys, you know, don't care about or think are, you know, isn't the big big deal or whatever, then feel free to um, fast forward and just wait till next week's podcast. Uh, but I have been asked over and over and over and over again about these articles that are coming out. Um, so obviously, um, if you listen to the podcast last week. If you did not, then I'll just tell you. I, um, at, in my faith, I am a Christian. Um, I believe very strongly in the Christian faith and um, am very thankful for the Christian faith and thankful for the things that it provides to me as far as peace and understanding and, and all of those things. Um, that's actually one of the pillars of this particular company. One of the business, main business models of this company is giving back. And that comes straight from where I feel like we should be giving back to our community and touching people where they are. And I think that if you read the stories in the Bible, Jesus went to the people that needed him. He did not go to the churches to the already saved. So it's just one of those things that I, I just take from our faith and, and, I, and I run with it. So these articles have been coming out over and over and over again about Rachel Hollis and how her books are bad for women and not biblical and on and on. So here are my responses. First, Rachel Hollis is an author who wrote many books and who is a Christian. Rachel Hollis did not write a Christian book. And there's a difference there. And I think that difference needs to be heard. There are actresses and actors in Hollywood right now who openly profess that 
they are Christian, who talk about it on social media, who talk about it in their acceptance speeches of awards, and they may take a role in a, in a movie where their character lives with their boyfriend or girlfriend, or their character is a murderer, or their character is a bad guy in some way or another. We do not judge them. We do not hold them to a standard. We do not boycott their movies. We do not boycott them on Facebook. We don't write 1,200 articles about that actor or actress supposedly being a Christian, and if they really are, then why in the world are they taking this particular role? So let's go a little bit further, right? There are Christian musicians out there who play music in the secular world who might have a lyric in a song that isn't uplifting. Do we... Um, bash them? Do we write articles about how they aren't good people? Do we do these things? No, obviously. So I just don't understand why the tables are different in this situation. Why are we judging an author who happens to be a Christian who wrote a book focused towards a secular population of people to inspire them. And when they do that, they are so strategic in their writing that they're able to actually throw in the ideas of the Christian faith in multiple places and show that to people who would never pick up a book written by a quote-unquote Christian author. Right, so she is actually reaching people, talking to them about God in such a way that it would be received that may not normally do that. Right, so I don't understand how that's a bad thing. So she asked, so what if she says in there, that, you know, she loves Beyonce and sometimes she cusses, you know, we as Christians aren't perfect. And she never put herself out there as a Christian author. You go and find her books. They are not in the Christian and faith section. Okay, so this, this is just an unrealistic comparison that we're giving to her. All right, so that's the first one right? Two, she has, if you listen to her podcasts, if you um, follow her, you know that this next thing that I've heard over and over again is just moronic, but I, I need to address it because a lot of you don't follow her like I do. All right, so the first thing we talked about was obviously it's not a Christian book, right? So it's not biblical, blah, blah, blah. It's not biblical, now people say it's not good for women, right? The one thing that I hear a lot is fat shaming and how, you know, as a Christian, she shouldn't be fat shaming people and telling people if they don't stick to their diet, then they can't count on themselves. Well, you know what? I'm sorry, 
But sometimes the really hard things to hear are the things that are the most truthful. Okay, so it is biblical that we take care of our body. I don't care who wants to argue with me about this. I can find many, many situations in the Bible where it talks about taking care of your body, watching what you put into it. We are given these bodies. It's a one-time gift. If we don't take care of them, that is on us, right? But she doesn't fat shame people. She actually says over and over again, it doesn't matter what number you are, what size you are, what weight you are. What matters is that you are intentional about what you put into your body, you drink enough water, and that you move. Whether it's a walk around the block every day, or whether it's a jog, or whether you go to CrossFit, or whatever your thing is that you like to do, yoga, whatever, that you move your body and you take care of your body every day. And she even says, sometimes it's literally just a, a run with my kid in the stroller, right? Like, she's not saying you have to be crazy. She just says that it's something that you're supposed to do. And guys, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but you are. That is something that you're supposed to do. You're absolutely supposed to take care of your body. Watch what you eat. Okay? So if you're offended by that statement then maybe you need to look inward at why you're offended and really think about where you are in your health journey and figure out if that's something that you need to grow in instead of grow against. All right, so we've talked about her books not being Christian and we've talked about her fat shaming. I read the BuzzFeed article, as a lot of you might have, that absolutely threw me off. There was one paragraph in it that I just absolutely was flabbergasted that it was even remotely written down and then published. But since it was, let's talk about it too. So the article talked about how she uses uh, African-American wording a lot. Because in her book, she writes, hey girl, hey. And talks about taking a hip-hop dance class. Okay. I honestly, I have a hard time even responding to this. Because this is just, I don't know why we're even talking about it. I don't know how it got through editing. I don't know how the author even thought to write this. But because she says, hey girl, hey... And because she takes a hip-hop dance class, I guess she's insinuating that she's trying to steal the African-American heritage or something. That's the impression I got. Like, that is literally the most moronic thing I've ever heard. I know at least a dozen people that in some point in time in their life took a hip-hop dance class, and they are not African-American. I know quite a few kids, Caucasian kids, that take it because it's fun and they get to dance around and they get to have a good time. And hey girl, hey, I have about 12 memes on my Facebook page alone that have hey girl, hey on it. 
that is not something that one race gets to claim. And I am not, I do not claim to be a uh, vocabulary history nut. And I don't know where Hey Girl Hey came from. I don't know who was the first one to coin that phrase. But what I do know is language speaks to people, like music speaks to people, like art speaks to people. And if there's something that you hear that catches you, makes you smile, makes you laugh, makes you think about something else, then you're gonna use it. So if that for her is hey girl, hey, then more power to ya. All right, so now we've talked about these things, let's go on to what I consider to be one of the biggest ones. And talking about how um, some of these articles have said that she pretty much promotes women just saying, screw the world, screw my family, screw what my husband thinks, screw what the Bible says, screw what God wants me to do. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And that is someone taking her words out of context and twisting them. Okay, So I could play you a video clip of any famous preacher and taken out of context could be construed that they believe a lot of things that aren't true. Okay? So again, if you follow her on social media, if you listen to her podcasts, she actually addresses this issue because she said she had people saying to her, well, we are married and I don't do anything without my husband, without talking to my husband first. And she's like, good, that's what you're supposed to do. Right? She said, listen, I'm not saying you bankrupt your family chasing a dream that you and your spouse don't agree on. I'm not saying go and sell all your possessions to fund some, you know, dream that you have without talking to people. But you do have to have a conversation with your spouse. Absolutely. Especially and always when it includes finances. But what if it's just, I want to train for a marathon. I need you to respect my time. I need two hours every Sunday afternoon so that I can go to the gym and I can run and I can work out so that I can train for this marathon. That spouse has to respect your time and honor that. That's what she's talking about. Even if that spouse says, honey, you're 75 pounds overweight and you've never ran a day in your life, why would you want to run a marathon? It doesn't matter if that spouse thinks that your dream and your goal is crazy. It's your dream. It's your goal. If that's what you want to do, then chase it. You have a right to have goals and dreams. Goals and dreams do not always mean you take out a loan for $100,000 and open up a business. And I hope you guys are hearing this because this is something that everybody has been talking to me about. Like they are seriously thinking that she is saying, you know, walk around middle finger up. She actually says it in her book. I am not saying walk around middle finger up. So I just don't understand. Well, I do. These people that are, are writing these articles have never actually read her books. Or if they have, they in no way can relate. 
So we talked about my history on the last podcast, but just to compare the two, she is a preacher's kid. I'm a preacher's kid. She moved out early. I moved out early. She had some rough things going on in her life. I had some rough things going on in my life. I am not comparing finding your brother who committed suicide to me having a sexual assault and or having issues with, um, you know, not taking care of myself the way I should. That's not what, that's not, don't read that, please, if you've, if you know what I'm talking about. But my point is, for me, I related to her and her story very personally, Okay, And I can't be the only person out there that related to her story personally. I'm not the only one out there who read it and said, oh my gosh, like I've been blaming other people for my unhappiness. I haven't been chasing dreams because I've been so unhappy and so focused on blaming everyone else that I've lost myself here and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right? So for me, her story resounded. And I never once took the idea that she says, oh, do whatever you want. No, 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 it's fine. You don't have to think about what anybody else thinks as screw the world. It was just a, hey, you don't have to worry about what other people think. If it matters to you, then do it. Now, I do think it was good of her to address the whole financial issue in her podcast. And honestly, I wish she had addressed it in her book. But I think she was trying to appeal to everyone, right? So not everybody who read her book is married. Not everyone that read her book is a Christian. And so not everyone who read her book, even if they're married, feels the need to be in a union like an equal union with their spouse. So some people literally keep separate bank accounts, even Christians, mind you. Um, some people literally do 100% of their stuff separate. So if, if person A has $100,000 in their you know, checking account and they want to open a business, they don't have to ask permission, they just do it, right? So she isn't going to say, you and your spouse need to have a conversation about this because that's, that's up to you right? This goes back to the whole idea that, that we've been talking about the last podcast and this podcast, and you got to stop blaming other people for what you think is going wrong in your life, right? If you're reading something is bad and you don't agree with it, then guess what you need to do? You need to check your heart first. You need to make sure that you're not assuming something negative because of some feeling that you have and if you still feel nope I just don't think that this is right then move on don't do it right you have something in your heart that says that's not okay then that's not okay and that's easy but I just don't understand how somebody can read something that says you know, you're okay, you, you're, you're allowed to have dreams, you're allowed to have goals and be like, oh my gosh, she's telling us to screw the world. Y'all, that's crazy. So, I literally can't tell you how many people have asked me about this. So I hope that 
this gives you guys some thoughts about this going forward. Um, I, I truly believe that God created us to be amazing. I think God created us to reach people and touch people. I definitely do not believe for one second that God wants all Christians to be poor and wants all Christians to literally live in a cardboard box. You're not going to reach the world that way. Um, it just is the way it is. It takes money to reach people. Um, and so I truly believe that all the times that we as Christians look at other people who make money and uh, negate the hard work that they had to put in and the blessings and the time of, of low income and the time of, you know, oh my gosh, are we even going to have enough money to eat? Or the times of, you know, buying their food at the 99 cent store because that's all I could buy and negating the whole idea that they've worked their butt off and they've sacrificed and they've always given back throughout that. And now they've been blessed and, oh, well, now they must be awful, horrible people. They're, they can't possibly be Christians. They have money. Um, that's, that's a really dangerous place as Christians that we should never, ever get to a point that we are feeling that way and that we are thinking that way. Um, it just, in my opinion, it's just dangerous. Um, I think that as the secular world looks at Christianity... I think that a lot of them would tell you what they don't like about Christians are that they're judgmental and they're hypocritical, right? So one thing I will say is that she talks about a lot that the pillar of her faith in her book, she actually says it's the pillar of my faith. Now, it might not be your faith, but the pillar of my faith is to love one another. That is the greatest thing that we're supposed to do. It doesn't say love only the people that go to your church. It doesn't say love only the Christians. It doesn't say love only the Republicans or love only the Democrats or love only the heterosexuals or love only the people with brown hair or love only Americans. It says love your neighbor as yourself. So when people see Christians bashing and tearing down others who are or are not Christians, it doesn't matter, they look at that and say, well, I don't want to be like them. They can't even be nice. Uh, my church, one of the preachers, preached a sermon a few weeks back that was talking about hurt in relationships and hurt among people and how some of us might have been hurt in the past and forgiveness and he was he was he did a very 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 good job and that was amazing but one thing that he said is something that I have said for years and years and I it's an unfair but yet it is what it is issue that we face is that the people that hurt you in your life that claim to be Christians that scar is way deeper than the people that hurt you in your life that don't. I don't know if you just understood what I said there. 
The people in your life who claim to be Christians, who claim to follow the teaching of Jesus Christ, who claim to be people who love, who hurt you, those scars are much deeper and much harder. For a lot of the times, much minor transgressions. Right? So think about like driving down the street, right? And someone cuts you off and you might hold your hand up and you might be like, oh, come on. But someone cuts you off that has 12 like fishes on the back of their car and, you know, crosses and Bible scriptures all over the back of their car. What extra are you going to say? Right? So because of the fact that Christians are held at this higher standard, subconsciously even, we do have to be more vigilant about what we say and what we do. But I think it also goes back to if we are Christians and we see another Christian say something, maybe, just maybe, we need to give them the benefit of the doubt. And if you feel like something needs to be talked about, then talk about it with that person. Let's not write 1,200 articles on on Facebook, right? If you ever get one of my boxes and you see, this is the charity that we worked with last month and these are the number of books that went out to that charity last month and this is the amount of money that went to that charity last month and you find out six months down the road that that charity actually had some, you know, bad issues in it. then I hope you guys email me. I hope you guys shoot me an email and say, hey, listen, oh, by the way, new email address, riseupgiveback at gmail.com. I hope you guys send me an email at riseupgiveback at gmail and say, Shirley, ABC Charity from last month, I just read an article that, you know, their head person has been, you know, given some sort of lawsuit about follow, not following through with paying taxes or whatever the case is. I don't know. Right. Tell me, cause I want to know these things, but don't bash me on social media and say, not that this has ever happened, obviously, but don't bash me and say, Oh, this company gives money to charities that are awful because maybe that article came out three weeks after we, you know, researched and we agreed to work with them and we sent them the stuff. There's a time to talk to people about it, and there's another time that you shouldn't. This reminds me of a time at my old church in North Carolina where we partnered with a company who we donated shoes, right? We got a shoe box, and we got shoes, and we brought it in and donated it, and they gave the shoes out to uh, people that needed shoes. And there was, we partnered with them, right? Our church vetted them. Everything on paper was good. We worked with them for multiple weeks. Their their people got up and spoke at our church and talked about their organization. Our church was a very large church, and we, we took a collection up. And it came out later that there were some negative issues in that organization that we didn't know about. So what my pastor did is he got up there and he talked about it. We partnered with these people. We vetted them. We worked with them. 
A few months later, we found out something bad. We wanted to give these people a chance to talk to you guys about what happened. So he invited them in and they got up in front of everybody and apologized. But that's the right way to handle a situation with someone when you think that there's something going on that shouldn't be going on and you're a Christian, right? You talk to them directly and you give them a chance to apologize and you give them a chance to make it right. And even if they don't, guys, here's something that you guys need to hear me on. If someone hurts you and you go to them and you say, you hurt me, and they say, I don't care. Forgiveness is not for them. Uh, And no, I didn't just mic drop. (laughs) That's truth. And I think there's a lot of people in the world that need to hear this. And I'm sure we will do lots of podcasts in the future about forgiveness and the importance of, but because I think that that is something that holds people back in and of itself. I think that that is something that people subconsciously hold on to hurts and don't forgive others, even when maybe they don't deserve forgiveness. And because they hold on to that hurt, they end up hurting themselves. Because forgiveness doesn't help the other person. It helps you be able to move on from that hurt. When you release that person and that transgression and that hurt from your life, you are releasing yourself from holding on to that anger. It's not the other way around. I've had people hurt me in my life that I've never seen again. Now, let me, let me make sure that this is very clear. Just because you forgive someone does not really mean that that person gets to come back into your life. That's, that's a whole nother podcast, right? Like somebody hurts you, you forgive them. That doesn't mean that everything, the relationship is completely mended, right? That's not what that means. And there are some, some transgressions that that relationship can never be mended again. But that doesn't mean that you don't let it go. And maybe that means you guys find a great therapist, great counselor somewhere, and you guys work through it. Or maybe that means you pick up a book about forgiveness and you work through it yourself. Or maybe you talk to your spouse or your your boyfriend or girlfriend or your best friend or your church pastor or someone else about how it made you feel. Maybe you journal it. Maybe you write a whole book about how this person hurt you obviously changing their name, (laughs) and how you work through it and your whole process. And maybe that book helps someone else go through it. But forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. Okay? So I know that we've kind of gotten off on a lot of the original um, issues, but I, I think that it's important as Christians that we understand that we're judging. We, I use we as a general term, we are judging people like Rachel Hollis for things that are unjust and not fair, right? She didn't write a Christian book. She's a Christian who wrote a book. There's a big distinction there. She's not telling people that they have to be a size zero or they have to only eat kale. She's saying whatever you choose to do for your health and your body, do it. And don't blame others for it when you fail. And I'm sorry 
It is biblically based that we take care of our bodies. She is not telling you to bankrupt your family and to walk around with the world with your fingers up in the air and saying, I'm going to do whatever the heck I want and screw everybody who comes in opposition of me. She's not saying that either. She's saying that you're allowed to have dreams and goals, and whatever you do to work towards those is what you do to work towards those. And maybe it is starting a business, and maybe your partner says, no, we don't have the funds to do that. Then guess what? You apply for every grant that you can find for small businesses. You reach out to every person that you know. You start a GoFundMe page, which by the way, I have one. No one's donated anything yet. But my husband has been very gracious saying that, you know, he would help me and our family could take some money out of savings and start rise up, give back because he understands how important this is to me. But I also don't want that to be a burden on my family. And if I can raise $500 or $1,500, then fantastic. That only helps me. But by golly, I've applied for six different grants. I have a GoFundMe page. I have a Kickstart page that I'm about to list. And um, I, am, I am ready to chase what I need to do to make this happen. That's what she's talking about. I just, I hope that some of this helps you guys in these conversations with people. Or even if you're not one of those like me that follow her and like her, and maybe you're one of those that have shared that article before, maybe this has given you guys another viewpoint to look at the situation differently. Because we don't have to agree to love each other. We don't have to agree to be kind to each other. We don't have to agree to encourage each other. And, and that's a big deal. I think if more people in the world today understood and really took to heart that topic, I think we'd be a much happier community here on earth. Guys, I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I can't wait to see you guys, talk to you guys next week here at the Rise Up Give Back podcast. I will be talking um, next week more about the company and where we stand. Um, and I'm waiting on my LLC paperwork to go out, and then I'm going to start taking pre-orders for our first boxes that are slated to be mailed out the last week of May for June 1st week. So I'm super excited. I've reached out to some wonderful small businesses that I found online who produce really cool um, things that will go with our first book. And no, I'm not going to tell you what our first book is yet, but it's great. And I am very excited about everything. So I will talk to you guys more about that next week. Guys, go love each other, hug each other, smile at someone, do something nice for someone. Remember, rising up is about being the better version of you. And giving back is about helping others be the better version of themselves. And sometimes... All that means is someone gets a hug or someone gets a smile walking down the street. I love you. Have a great day.